You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? T. Adeola hosts a great podcast called Tiny Giants. T, tell us what these fine folks will get out of listening. We are the Creator Economy Show that's about careers, not celebrity right? So who should listen to this show are the parents of young people who want to know more about the creative economy and why that's a career path for their children or the young people themselves. Amazing. Where can the young people or the parents subscribe? You can find us at tinygiants.tech or wherever you get these podcasts, these fine podcasts. And you can also find us at the Marketing Podcast Network, which is marketingpodcast.net. You heard him. Go subscribe. Hey everyone, you are listening to another episode of the All Things Private Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Cassell, joined today by a good friend and colleague of mine, Sarah Gilbert, who is an LCSW up in Connecticut, private practice owner, a coach, strong, fierce advocate for the LGBTQ community, and just a really fun person to spend time with. So really glad to have you on here and talk about identity and how that can also lead to burnout in this profession. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk about this. Um, I'm I'm really passionate about, in my coaching, helping specifically mental health professionals, healers, helpers look at what role our work plays in our overall identity. Because I think that's something that a lot of us are coming to uh, to reckoning with, especially the last few years of the pandemic and switching to telehealth and um everything being really heavy and unpredictable. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, so often in society, not just in this profession, but as a whole, when you ask someone about themselves, the first thing they lead off with is I'm a X, I'm a blank, I'm a therapist, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I whatever, I'm a bartender. And it's, we so often like, have our professional identity intertwined with our personal identity as if that's the only thing that defines us. And I think there are certain characteristics and traits that lead to people becoming helping professionals, whether it's in the mental health world or any helping capacity. So do you want to talk a little bit about kind of some of the stuff that you see on your end in the work that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So the way I think of you know myself and colleagues in this field is that a lot of us entered into this field because this is what we're good at, right? Just kind of listening to people, holding space, um, validating, being able to maybe manage conflict, all of these natural tendencies we have. And so, you know, in the last year, I've been really reflecting on my own process of like, how did I even get into this work? And I think that this is a common theme um, as I've talked with other people about that. Our personalities kind of make us ripe for being good at this work, but also having it consume our entire identities. Um, like you were mentioning for the longest time, I would introduce myself to people, you know, if there's a professional networking event, I'd say, hi, I'm Sarah Gilbert. I'm a therapist or LCSW. That would be it. Um, whereas now, as I've been through the process of trying to walk back from that, from having my own therapist identity consume the entirety of how I saw myself, I very intentional will, will introduce myself as like, hi, I'm Sarah. I am a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a therapist. I'm a coach. I'm a queen fanatic. I'm a huge Ted Lasso fan. I'm a book nerd, right? Because there are all these different facets of my identity that are also important. And I think why I'm so passionate about supporting healers and helpers and coaching is that 
we can lose ourselves in our work very easily without even realizing it. And I think, you know, some of the other examples you mentioned was like, you know, a doctor or a bartender. I think what's a little bit different in the mental health field is that our work is so tied to the emotional connections with people, the emotional labor, the difficult stuff we hear people share that when we try to kind of pull back from being a therapist all the time to all people, it almost feels guilty or shameful, right? Like we're, it's almost like a moral offense. Like it's, it's, we're being bad people because we're trying to set some boundaries. So that's where I think it's a little different and a little more problematic for us in the mental health field if we're not aware of that and if we're not um, checking that out um, because that definitely leads to burnout when that's all we see ourselves is what we can do for other people. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's a, a myriad of reasons why people become helpers in the first place. And a lot of it is because of your own, you know, childhood wounding or your own experiences throughout life that have led to a lot of painfulness. And maybe you exhibited some empathic qualities or intuitive qualities and you were yes. really tuned to other people's needs. And you started to shape your identity as being able to help other people. And that created a lot of value and sense of self-worth. And then as you go throughout your career, if you're quantifying your self-worth and defining your self-worth as your ability to show up for other people, you really do lose a lot of your sense of self in that. And it, you know, we know that the field is experiencing an immense and extraordinary amount of burnout right now because of COVID, because of the last couple of years, because of just society being a shit show for the most part in general, like it's right, a right. job. And you're seeing a lot of people leave the profession to become coaches, consultants. I've had people tell me, I don't want to do this work anymore. I'm going to go back to working at Old Navy. Like, I just can't do this. And I think a lot of the time it's like, it's boundary stuff. It's having the lack of self-care. And self-care is a term we throw around so loosely in our profession, but it doesn't have to mean like toes up on the beach. It just means like you have to have some fucking boundaries because Yes. This work is impossible to do in a in a stance of longevity and for the duration of an entire age of a career. That's not the word I want to use, but you know what I'm trying to say. If yeah. You cannot create separation and you can't right. step away and remove the like helper healer role from who you are. Like, And I hear people say, but that's just innately who I am. And it's like, well, that's yes. fine. But you also can't be that 24-7. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what started my own exploration of this and what's kind of put me in the direction of coaching specifically to help fellow um, healers is a conversation with a really good friend of mine last year. And we were both reflecting on our experiences in MSW programs. And, you know, as we were talking, my friend reflected something that made me think like, yeah, why did I even go to grad school? Like I didn't even consciously engage in that process. It was about, you know, like you were saying, like within my family system, I was always the referee trying to mitigate conflict and tension. And um, it, it just kind of seemed like, well, that's what I'm supposed to do because that's what I'm good at. I, I can look back now and say, I didn't consciously fully think through what I was doing. And that's not to say that I regret it, but I think, I can see so clearly how it has impacted me to not kind of introspect and think about like, why am I doing this work? What role do I want it to have in my life versus what role is it actually consuming in my life? Um, and I think a lot of us are are stuck in that trap and then it 
it, it, from there, it's like a lot of shame and guilt that we're feeling like we don't want to do this work anymore. Um, a lot of shame and guilt, not only internally, but what I see play out all the time in Facebook groups, except for yours, is shaming. Yeah, true. Shaming. Other co- like we're getting it from other colleagues. You know, if one of us dares to say, you know, I want to build a practice where I have eight weeks off a year or I want to charge $200 an hour. So I think what I've been awakening to and when I'm passionate and supporting other people with, it's just kind of realizing how we can do so much better and we can be sustainable in this field if we are taking a step back to look at what, why am I doing this work and how do I filter out the noise of other people's expectations or other people's judgments, whether that's, you know, colleagues, family members, friends. Um, it seems to kind of come from all around. Yeah, it's it's definitely get it from all angles, you know, because there's the narrative, right? When you're telling people who are not in this field and people who are, I'm going to go into the field of mental health. I'm going to become a therapist. And the immediate reaction is most likely like, oh, that's really noble, but yeah. not going to make any money. And that's like the the standard response for most people. That's yeah. the narrative you get in grad school. That's the narrative you get in community mental health. It's all about self-sacrifice. It's all about putting everybody else first. It's almost that bleeding heart syndrome. And we know where this is based. Like the helping profession is fundamentally founded in Christianity and religion. And that's Mm -hmm. how kind of expanded into, you know, helping and self-sacrificing and putting everyone else's needs first. And then you get into the helping profession. You create your own business. You start to notice like, hey, I don't really like this. Hey, this doesn't work for me. Ooh, I'm starting to become more comfortable with who I am. I'm going to express like my goals publicly. And then you get a barrage of responses of like, you're being really greedy. You're feeding into capital. Unethical. Yeah. You're doing things like way outside the box that, you know, shouldn't be done in your practice. So it really is a a profession where we like to self-sabotage, but we also like to tear people down because I think, and this is my own thought process is my own theory based on the last three years of coaching therapists from all over the country because I see similar themes play out over and over and over again, is it seems like there are two separate sects of therapists. Those who are in the profession to heal themselves through the work that they do, who have not yet done enough work of, of their own to be able yeah. to feel confident and autonomous. Then there are the ones who have done the work. Doesn't mean they, don't, they didn't get into the field to heal themselves through the work that they've done, but they've realized like that's not healthy. I need to be able to show up, but I also need to be able to separate. I'm okay with making money. I'm okay with having different ventures. I'm okay with holding boundaries. I'm okay with going on vacation. The other separate group will say, how can you go on vacation? Your clients need you. I know that's a lot. That's very unhealthy, codependent thinking. I've always believed in this profession that I am from day one, working myself out of a job. And my goal is for my clients to be as autonomous and independent as possible. Yeah. I yeah. no longer... Go ahead, sorry. No, it's I totally agree with you. Yeah, go ahead. I am no longer practicing as a clinician. Like as of uh, 2022, I don't have any clients on my caseload anymore. So there was a lot of, you mentioned shamefulness that came up around identity. When I was thinking, I'm going to retire as a mental health therapist and and really focus on being the leader and owner of my group practice and my coaching business and my podcast and all the other things that I'm doing, I just don't have time to do 60 minute increments of time with clients one-on-one anymore. And 
that was building for a year or two as all things private practice was really growing and and reputation and all the offers were coming in and it was like becoming very obvious like i can't i can no longer split attention and focus because my clients right. deserve more than that yeah and there was a lot of shamefulness of like leaving the profession and no longer identifying as a clinician and i right. i had lunch with a mentor one day from graduate school and she was like I think you're just helping the profession in a different way. And I think that's really the way you need to reframe this. And that for me was very helpful because otherwise I was over-identifying as someone who was like really packing it in or abandoning the profession. And that didn't feel good. But if all of my identity is wrapped up in being a licensed clinical mental health clinician, it makes sense why the emotions would be so volatile in that regard. So really being able to parse that apart and saying like, no, I'm a coach, I'm a consultant, I'm a speaker, I'm a retreat host, I'm a podcast host, I'm a group practice owner. But more importantly, like, I like playing soccer. I like watching these TV shows. Like, I have a wonderful partner and two crazy dogs. Like, there are so many parts of life that don't get yeah. talked about because capitalism, grind culture, and like the, the pressure that society places upon us to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. I talk with, it's interesting, part of my process has been almost a parallel process with quite a few of my clients over the last couple of years of really re-examining what does productivity mean? Because that is such a societal, cultural push of like, be productive, push harder. I, you know, if I look at any influencer or anybody online who's using the words like crush it, um, grind. I'm like, that's a hard no for me. I am not interested in that life because I did that for so long. And it really led me to massive burnout last year. Emotionally, mentally was, was one of the most challenging years for me because I hadn't done this work yet of really looking at why did I pursue this career? Uh, what does it mean even within my family, right? Like you mentioned, sometimes we're going into this family, this field to heal our stuff, right? I came from a pretty dysfunctional family system. And within that system, I had one parent who was really pushing, like, you're the one, you've got to go to college, you've got to get a master's. And then, you know, shortly after I got my master's, my dad was like, great, when are you getting your PhD? Which I know he meant well, and he had dreams for me, but also I'm sitting with the awareness now that that was really unhealthy for me to absorb that pressure, right? And so when I got to the point of massive burnout last year, I was thinking like, I don't ever want to do therapy again. Like, I'm really, I want to go work at Startup. <laughs> I had to really reckon with, well, I didn't do that work ahead of time to really look at both within my family system and just looking at my personality type, why I got in this field and what boundaries I could have put in place so that my healing work was part of what I do, but I was also other things to other people, right? Um, so that's that's why, you know, now what I want to do with coaching is help other people who have just kind of lost sense of what other things are important or joyful or meaningful to them because it just so easily can happen without your awareness. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? T. Adeola hosts a great podcast called Tiny Giants. T, tell us what these fine folks will get out of listening. We are the Creator Economy Show that's about careers, not celebrity. 
right? So who should listen to this show are the parents of young people who want to know more about the creator economy and why that's a career path for their children or the young people themselves. Amazing. Where can the young people or the parents subscribe? You can find us at tinygiants.tech or wherever you get these podcasts, these fine podcasts. And you can also find us at the Marketing Podcast Network, which is marketingpodcast.net. You heard him. Go subscribe. And now, pause for a word from our sponsors. Most of you who are listening are probably private or group practice owners. I know how important it is to save money in your business. And I also know how important it is to have live, quality, responsive customer service. That's why we switched our entire group practice from a well-known EHR to Therapy Notes last year. If you're coming from another EHR, Therapy Notes makes the transition incredibly easy, importing your demographic data free of charge so you can get going right away. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot.com and Google. Find out what more than 100,000 mental health professionals already know and try Therapy Notes for two months absolutely free. Just go to TherapyNotes.com and enter promo code ATPP. They also have e-prescription software available and included meaning that you do not have to have separate platforms for your medical billers and your medication management team. This is incredibly helpful, and it makes sure that everything feels streamlined. Go to therapynotes.com and enter promo code ATPP. Yeah, absolutely. That's well said. And I think once it happens, it's really hard to walk it back. Because yes. Because it's yeah. a place of, of burnout or frustration, resentment, irritability. Yeah. Where it's like, what can I really do to circle back and rectify some of the things that I overlooked or didn't take care of? Because it's really challenging. It's easy to say like, oh, just like take some time off or step away or do all the things. Right. In reality, yeah. it's like, yeah, but those feelings are still going to be there when I come back to this. So you really have to do the work. You have to do the depth oriented work too in your own process of healing. And yeah. I think that's really crucial. And we miss the mark a lot of that in the, uh, in our profession, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to therapists who are like, eh, I don't really believe in going to therapy. I'm like, what the fuck? But I don't understand that line. Uh, you know, one thing that comes to mind, and I want to ask you if you have any like tangible action steps that people can put into place as they're listening to this, if they're identifying with what we're talking about. Yeah. When I think about a scene, and I know you're, you know, you're going to know what I'm talking about in Ted Lasso, where like Roy is getting benched. And he and Keely yeah. is Phoebe. Tell me about your uncle Roy. And she's like, I think he's nice. He likes ice cream. He swears a lot. And she yeah. never mentions it like, oh, he's a footballer, right? And he has yeah. to come to terms with like, oh, that's not the only part of my identity, even though for yeah. so long that has been. So yeah, really is about trying to step back and like piece apart like where are the areas that you identify and it cannot just be professionally. But yeah action steps or just advice that you could offer people who are listening about how to start this process? Yeah, I, I love that you brought in, I'm, I'm all about pop culture references and tying that into the work we do as therapists and healers. So that's a beautiful example of this. So the one thing that comes to mind right away is I would encourage people to think back on what did you used to get really excited about or love doing when you were a kid or a teenager, right? Like before kind of being a helper really consumed a big part of your identity, what did you used to just love to do or lose time doing? So for me personally, um, that's been art. Um, 
that's been, you know, once upon a time, I actually got into an art school. I was supposed to go to school for fashion design. That was my original plan. So reconnecting to art in a way that is just kind of fun and there's no agenda has been super important and healing for me. Like I did the background of my office space. I've been doing um, toward painting, getting back into sewing more, um, all the sort of creative outlets because there's no agenda. I'm not doing it for anybody else. I'm just doing it for the enjoyment of it. And so I would really encourage folks to think about even one or two small things. Like what did you used to love to do that wasn't because someone else expected you to do it? Yeah, I like that a lot. That's, uh, I have some of your art in my office. I actually have some of the paint pourings you sent me and some golem thing that you stitched me. And uh, yeah, so really cool. Um, what about, because I know this comes up for me immediately. It's like, what if I didn't like to do anything when I was a kid or a teenager? What if yeah, my I, early adolescence sucked? Yeah, I would look at trying to learn something new, which I know sounds kind of weird, but the novelty of learning something, a new skill, a new craft just to see you know i i tell my clients too a lot of times like this may totally suck let's just allow for the possibility that this is a garbage idea we're just going to do an experiment so something that might be remotely interesting to learn something new that you know it doesn't have a huge investment of time or money um that would be kind of where i would start so you know maybe it's some particular craft you saw on tiktok or youtube um anywhere you know finding inspiration with anything like that yeah and i think you can probably take like an elective at a community college or you could join some groups around town or anything that feels like remotely interesting just to give it a shot just to jump start that creativity and and really help use a different part of your brain because yeah so often we're just so in our heads about like okay, this is what I do. I do 60 minute increments of therapy sessions and that's all my interests are. That's where all my energy goes. And then end of the day, your brain is no longer functional and you're like, fuck, I don't even know who I'm Chopped out. Yeah, (laughs) we really have to have that outlet. Like soccer has always been that for me. I think that's a challenge. As you get older, your body starts deciding like you can't do what you used to be able to do. So now it's like, all right, need to find new interests, right? Like need to figure out other ways where this energy can come out, where you can feel like, you can have this passion that you look forward to every week. So I really do encourage all of you to start thinking about this because for those of you who are just getting into the profession or, you know, just starting a practice or you're in practice and you're like, I'm just not feeling satisfied. Now is the time to be proactive, not a year (laughs) down the road where you get to the point where you're leaving the profession to go work at Starbucks or go back to bartending or whatever the case may be, because there are preventative measures that we can put into place to create longevity in a career, but it really does take intentionality and it does take boundary setting and it does take really getting reflective and introspective about who you are and what you like to do. Yeah, absolutely. And then I would say the other thing too that, you know, for an entirely different reason, I recommend to my therapy clients a lot is find some some semblance of community, right? If you have one or two colleagues that you know you can really trust to be open with and be like, freaking hate being a therapist right now. This sucks. I had a really heavy day. A lot of people are putting their stuff on me. That is vital and crucial too. Like I can think of two close friends off the top of my head who are also in this field who I know that I can express that and not be encountered with judgment or shaming. So 
I think that that right at the outset, it's really important and be very intentional and discerning of who that person is for you or those people, because, um, you know, you just want to be able to really be honest when things are great and when things fucking suck. That's also really important. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's crucial. I think having good support in, in your lives, um, professionally and, and personally, and just having, it can be one or two people that yeah. just get it, you know, because this is a profession where so often people don't get it. Yeah. And you're not allowed to really talk about what you did at work today. So it's very easy to default into your partner or friend says like, how was your day? And you're like, it was fine. It was exhausting. I talked to six different people about their issues for 60 minute chunks of time. And people are like, yeah, but you just sat there and listened. Yes. Well, it's a hell of a lot more than that when we're absorbing and attuned and focusing on body language and head movement and eye movement and tone of voice change and all the things that we're tracking as healers. So I really want to challenge all of you to think about this stuff and to really try to start incorporating it because I think it will make your professional journey a lot more creative, a lot more enjoyable and a lot more long lasting. So Sarah, I just want to thank you for coming on and sharing some of this and really showing up in an authentic way. Sarah was very nervous before we started recording today. We're good friends. So I hope today, uh, didn't feel awesome. Thanks for putting that out there. Thanks. That's yeah, so very cool. I think, uh, it. it's a good acknowledgement of the fact that a lot of you listening, like want to go on podcasts, you want to speak at events, you want to do these things. It's normal to feel nervous beforehand and yeah. then kind of drop in. And yep, I think absolutely. that's important to acknowledge too. Um, share with the audience a little bit about some of your new stuff that you've got going on. Cause I know you've started a new coaching business and all the things yeah. that you have coming up. Yeah. So, um, I'm really excited to be coaching, um, individual and group coaching experiences. Um, sarahgilbertcoaching.com is where you can find out information about that. Um, I'm developing a group experience for other healers and helpers who are kind of in this place of, I think I'm getting burnt out. Um, I don't know if I want to leave the field, but I am definitely feeling really crunchy around this work. And I want to have a safe space to really talk about that. So that's something I'm working on a, um, I don't know if it's going to be six or eight week group experience, but that's in the works. And you can follow me on Instagram also for um, content, Sarah underscore Gilbert underscore coaching on uh, Instagram. I make fun reels and posts kind of relating to, I think, the unique experiences that we have as healers and helpers. So my hope is that that people feel seen by what I put out there and know that um, this is something that you deserve to take time to heal and get some connection and community around. And all of that information will be in the show notes for everyone to have easy access to. So check that out. Really good stuff. And thanks for coming on. And because this episode's not going to air for a while, I can excitedly announce too that Sarah is going to be one of the breakout speakers in the 2024 Italy Doubt Yourself Do It Anyway Summit that Jennifer Agee and I are co-hosting in a medieval Italian village in beautiful Petritoli. So cannot wait for that. And again, by the time this comes out, this will already be public knowledge. So really excited for that as well. And you can check that out at on my website, allthingspractice.com. You can join my Facebook group, Empowered Escape for Entrepreneurial Therapists. And... For all of you listening to the All Things Private Practice podcast, new episodes are out on all major podcast platforms. Like, download, subscribe, and share. Doubt yourself. Do it anyway. See you next week. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know? 
There are other great shows on MPN to help your business. T. Adeola hosts a great podcast called Tiny Giants. T, tell us what these fine folks will get out of listening. We are the creator economy show that's about careers, not celebrity right? So who should listen to this show are the parents of young people who want to know more about the creator economy and why that's a career path for their children or the young people themselves. Amazing. Where can the young people or the parents subscribe? You can find us at tinygiants.tech or wherever you get these podcasts, these fine podcasts. And you can also find us at the Marketing Podcast Network, which is marketingpodcast.net. You heard him. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.